talked about this in January, but uh, Psalm 51 says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, God, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge me. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me clean and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness and let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God my Savior. And my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous, and the burnt offerings offered whole. The bulls will be offered on your altar. And I think that invitation from Sarah is an invitation I've heard uh, testimony of. We repent of the stuff that is in the back of our minds that, that came to mind right away. We repent of the stuff that's buried deep down uh, that only you know about. But we turn it all over to you, asking that you will make us new. Renew our hearts, Lord, so that we can see and experience just a beautiful, uh, a beautiful move of your spirit. In your kingdom come, and your will be done here on earth and in Vermilion County as it is in heaven. We love you, Jesus. Let's call these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. <coughs> uh, I have felt as we walk through Acts, so we're in Acts chapter 6 today. Uh, a lot of it, it could be construed as like the, the perfect example of a church. And we saw last week, it's not a perfect example. People made mistakes. There was mistakes made and there was like stuff where people dropped the ball. Um, and there could be a lot of, uh, I just talked about it a little bit, but there could be a lot of guilt for we should be doing X, Y, or Z, or we shouldn't be doing this, or let's model ourselves with this. And I think the encouragement as we encounter Acts chapter 6 today, and we talk about what we're going to talk about, I think the encouragement that I want to offer is, is the ability to listen to the Holy Spirit in the sense of uh, for those of us who find ourselves in Jesus, who have placed positionally under his righteousness, under his name, for the salvation of our sins, for those who are in Christ, there is no condemnation. 
And so as we engage with the the book of Acts, I want us to listen specifically for the areas that uh, that we do, though, feel conviction. That as we encounter Scripture and our lives, uh, our lives look a little bit different, and there might be some convictions with, oh, I need to kind of move my life a little bit so that it, it, more, uh, it better mimics um, God's intent for me. I want us to follow those convictions. But if the way that it's uh, the way that if if the way that it's displaying itself is condemnation, I want us to ignore that because that's not from the Spirit. There's no condemnation in Jesus. How do you tell the difference? Well, conviction is something that moves you into Christ likeness. Conviction is something that moves you to look more like the person of Jesus. Condemnation just tells you how terrible you are. Oh, if you could just get your life together, you're dropping the ball all over the place. You're not living up to the standard. You're not, you're not doing any of this right. That's condemnation, and that's not from God. That's not holy. It's not helpful. It's not right. It's a lie. But conviction, conviction will do something. Conviction will, again, move you to likeness. Conviction will challenge you to grow closer to God and closer to the, the image uh, of God that he placed on your life. So as, as we engage Acts chapter 6, it, it, here's why I'm saying all of this. I felt a little bit as we've talked, like, like I've been setting it up as this ideal for we should be doing all of these things. And I don't want, ever, I don't want it ever to sound condemning. Because again... Forgive me if, that, if that's been my tone, but that's not the voice of Jesus, one of condemnation. Conviction, sure, that's what the Holy Spirit does, challenges us to grow, but no condemnation. So as we um, talk about <coughs> Acts chapter 6, um, I thought it would be a good exercise this week for me to sit down and think of everything that I possibly could uh, that it takes to kind of do this whole church thing, okay? Um, I am what many consider to be a, a professional in the sense that uh, I do this for a living, this whole church thing, uh, but I, I don't have it mastered. So I, I, I aim to, let's see if I can get this to stand up. I aimed, I'll do it over here. I aim to set out a list of, of all of the, the do's. There's a lot of intangibles, but all the tangibles of what it takes to make a church function and spin and move towards a little bit of faithfulness to what God asked of us. <laughs> and so, uh, again, this list isn't exhaustive. I'm sure you could name 40 other things, but that'll just help me prove my point uh, to some extent. So as I thought about, there's, there's some obvious ones, <laughs> like the stuff we do here on Sunday mornings. And so, like I preach... Um, uh, Jordan, Jordan shares the load, Nathan, Sam, some of the elders, some of the other people in the church share that load, but there's a, there's a weight on me, uh, to preach. And then there's some, um, there's some expectation a little bit that there's some other settings that don't, don't worry about those. There's going to be more in a little bit. Uh, and then we have small groups going on. Okay. So we got, we got preaching, we got small groups. Um, we, I also love, uh, our time of worship together. Um, but worship isn't just uh, singing. So like this morning, for example, we have Sarah singing and then Katrina tickling the ivories. Um, but then it also takes, <laughs> it's not just like here, there's some planning that goes on behind the scenes of uh, like, you got to pick a song list. Um, 
sometimes you have to transpose the, the keys, like of a, a man singing the song or a woman singing the song to make it more of a corporate setting. Um, uh, let's see. <coughs> Matt rocking it back there in the sound booth. But Matt's carrying a couple jobs. He's uh, running everything you see behind us. Um, but then he also <coughs> is running all of the sound stuff. So that's a couple different things. Um, and then, uh, so that's, that's worship, kind of in a nutshell. I'm sure there's things I'm missing, but like I said, not exhaustive. Um, we're, a, we're a multi-staff uh, church, so there's, uh, I kind of oversee uh, Jordan as a staff member and uh, Maria as a staff member. Um, Ava, could you come up here real quick? Could, I'm not going to ask you to speak. I just need you to, there, there it is, yeah. I can't grab... Uh, any more of these on my own. So I need someone to hand them to me. <laughs> um, uh, so I got Jordan and Maria. And then uh, we also have the elder team. So there are how many? There's seven of us, uh, seven including me. So can you hear me six? I try and do my best. It's just like, come on. I try and do my best. No, that's fine. I try and do my best. Sorry, Todd. I think that might have been you that fell. <laughs> uh, 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 I do my best to, to oversee the elders, and then there's a leadership team that helps in some different capacities with some administrative stuff, and some. And so I think there's maybe like, we'll just call it 10. Um, please, yeah. Uh, and I try and kind of give them some vision and direction. They all do a great job of overseeing various ministries here in the church. Um, uh, but they do, yeah, they're wonderful. And then uh, I'm kind of, uh, I'll, I'll take ownership of this. I'm kind of a slob. Uh, and the church building, uh, we, can't, we can't ignore the fact that at some point, someone at a bare minimum needs to replace toilet paper. Uh, but hopefully more than that, uh, like we're, we're having some standard of cleanliness, you know. Um, so it just it seems like one ball, right? Cleaning the church. Um, now, uh, the, the children's ministry, the student ministry, all of the other ministries take a boatload of volunteers to make happen. Um, and uh, I don't want to put a number on this. So I, I recognize, just do one for children's ministry and one for student ministry as volunteers. Um, we have, like, in a couple weeks, we have Holy Week, uh, which is, starts with Palm Sunday, ends with Easter Sunday. And we're going to have some really cool offerings for you. Jordan and I have been brainstorming and brainstorming with some other people about, like, what are some ways we can engage with the story of Scripture and the story of the resurrection in cool and unique ways that, that kind of make the story come to life. So we're going to have some really cool offerings for you. Um, well, put one for that. Put one for Holy Week. Um, and then also, we need to communicate that somehow. Brandon does a great job on the weekly emails, but sometimes that means, like, I got to get information to him, and so could you just do a couple? Because I'm, I'm not always the best at communication, but I want to want to get better at that. And then... Um, one of the things we've been doing is we've been kind of overhauling some of the dated areas of our building. Sean's been doing a wonderful job at that. Um, and so, like, this week we replaced several furnaces. How many was it, Sean? Three furnaces, two air conditioning units. So that's five, if I'm doing my math correctly. So that's like five new, uh, new things for our building that we <laughs> got going on. Um, 
And then uh, we do need to grab a couple more because we need, uh, I'm really grateful that you guys have set me and Jordan Lang and Maria apart um, to that, like, I don't have to go be employed somewhere and also do this. You guys have allowed me the ability to uh, focus on this full time, which is a blessing, and I love what I do. Um, but every couple weeks, I get paid, and so, like, there's payroll, so I stick on payroll. But then I also know I've owned a business before. It's not just payroll. There's taxes included with that, so you gotta, you got to uh, make sure taxes are up to date. Um, and then we also, I'm grateful that our government has uh, set aside some provisions that we're a not-for-profit, so we get some tax breaks and stuff like that. But you also, if you're not-for-profit, you have to keep up with some paperwork uh, and stuff of that nature. And then there's also, um, there's insurance that we have to do for like the building, that sort of stuff. So just grab another one for insurance. You're doing a great job. Um, and, uh, oh, there's, there's a insurance liability, I guess. Um, and then, I got an itch. So we have insurance. Oh, geez. So far, we just kind of maintained. I would hope that I'm engaging in discipleship with you guys on some level. And so um, why don't you just like, we'll do one um, for each person in here because I need to be discipling Jim and I need to disciple Marcy. Okay. Yep. And then Katie. Yep. Keep going. Katie and Timmy. Okay, yeah, well, we won't do for one for everybody. But then sometimes there's like emergency situations. And I, I make the claim all the time that I am, um, when it comes to counseling, I am what you call a general practitioner. If you have cancer, you're going to go to your family doctor and consult them, but you're also going to go see an oncologist and get like a more detailed. So I, I, at the very base, do some general counseling stuff, but I'll pass you along. But there is some level of counseling, go ahead, <laughs> that I do with people. Sometimes it's marriage. Sometimes it's just like individual stuff they're walking through. Um, I would hate it for our building to also not look like appetizing to like, can you imagine if these walls were like... Uh, uh, my, my parents make a joke from, like, the 70s or 80s all the time. It's like avocado something green. Why don't you stick one on just to make sure that our walls don't get painted a gross puke green? Um, let's see. Uh, I want to make sure that we have fun together, too. So let's do one for, like, there you go. i got plenty of room over here. Um, but then, David, could you do, like, a big favor for me? Could you scroll up a little bit on the iPad? Keep going. Keep going. I don't want to miss anything. That's perfect. <laughs> but if you think about it, my armful right now just really uh, focuses on making sure we continue to exist as an organization. Like at a bare minimum, it's just maintaining the people who are here and going on around here. And I don't ever want to ignore the Great Commission or ignore the, the command of Jesus. So like, there's some outreach stuff we need to do. Um, and I just believe every time I say, it's okay, it's fine, it's fine. I've got it all under control. Um, uh, we need to make sure that the gospel is being proclaimed to the good people over at Sunrise Coal. So why don't you stick one on there for that? And Mad Goat. And um, let's see, and, and the library. Johnson works at the library. Uh, and Jameson Steele. And Carl. And like do one for you fill in the blank for if I missed your place of employment. And then we have so many educators here who are doing marvelous things. And so like, we need to make sure that the gospel is being proclaimed to the students and the teachers and the faculty and the staff at Bismarck and District 118 and Potomac. 
Westville, Dak. And then there's Vermilion County is chock full, chock full of great organizations doing wonderful gospel-centered work. And so we want to, uh, we want to be able to encourage people over at the Women's Care Clinic and, um, and at the Hope Center over with the Lenstras and Barb and, and, and FCA and like a bunch of other organizations that I, I don't want to miss, but I'm not going to mention all of them. Um, and we need to make sure that we're caring for people on the margins too, okay? Uh, so like we need to make sure we're taking care of the orphans and the widows and the vulnerable. And uh, I, I think we'd be lying to ourselves if we said that like we, we acknowledge that there's a, there's a crime issue in our community. And so we want to, as, as Jesus people in Vermilion County, we want to help be a part of the solution for that. And uh, we should also be investing in our neighbors. So, uh, like, we live back in, um, in Holiday Hills. So why don't you put one in for Holiday Hills? And then I know, like, some of you guys live downtown. Stick one for downtown. Some of you guys live up north. Some of you guys live down south. Some of you live, like, north central area. Some of you live east. If you keep up, there's a lot to do. Come on. Uh, some of you live east. Some of you live, live west. Okay, everyone give uh, Ms. Dardoni a round of applause. Thank you. You are a wonderful help. <laughs> Is this the life that God intended? <laughs> no! We talked about this several weeks ago. Jesus' invitation in Matthew 11, come to me, who are all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Find rest for me. None of you have done this. None of you have, as, as the, the lead pastor here, none of you have put all of this stuff on me. So I don't want you to hear that for a moment. But it can be easy to believe that. And it can be easy to believe that for a couple of different reasons. Uh, one, it can be easy to believe that this is the ideal because uh, uh, in some, maybe put yourself in my shoes you feel like to be a super Christian, to be a faithful Jesus follower, you have to be doing all of this stuff. Maybe some of you do think that Jordan Chapel and Jordan Lang need to be taking up the, the banner uh, for Connection Church. And like, I mean, even I've dropped so many at this point, even if we shared the load, they would be overflowing. But I don't think this is the invitation from Jesus at all. My arms are getting really tired, so I'm going to go ahead and drop them. And I think we're going to uh, see today, in Acts chapter 6, in the time we have remaining, I'll make it quick, uh, but I think we're going to see an invitation from Jesus for us today that doesn't have to be as difficult as we make it oftentimes. So Acts <coughs> chapter 6 verse 1. In those days when the number of disciples were increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained, Hellenistic meaning like the Greek-speaking Jews among them, complained about the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. <coughs> so the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said it would not be right for us to, to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom, and we will return, turn this responsibility over to them. <coughs> and we'll give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. 
This proposal pleased the whole group. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. They chose Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, uh, Parmenius, Nicholas from Antioch, and a, a convert to Judaism. And they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. And this was the result. So the word of God spread, and then the number, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So we get to see here uh, a glimpse into the inner workings and, and the back end of the church. That there was this ministry going on, and uh, there was a complaint of like uh, the Hellenistic Jews were saying, "Hey, you're forgetting about our widows." Uh, so they were growing to the number that administratively the church was dropping the ball when it came to care of one another. And so the Hellenistic Jews, and I don't get in the text, I don't get this big, like, like it was a big blow up or like they were really angry. It seems, all indications seem like it was a really gracious interaction and that they came uh, to the table and said, hey, listen, some of our widows are getting forgotten about. Uh, what I appreciate about, about this is the, the 12, the disciples who were originally with Jesus, um, plus one, uh, the 12 handled it super graciously. They're like, all right, what do we need to do about this? Let's, this, isn't, this is a problem that we need to solve. And, and so they said, okay, let's find some other guys. We don't need this to be isolated on just us. Let's fi- find some other guys. <laughs> and so they gather together, and uh, they, uh, they're like, I don't know if we should be neglecting what Jesus has called us to do. Now, I want to give a pause here. Because it would be easy for us to read this, and I've heard it read a lot of times, with uh, one being greater than the other. Because the, the disciples here are saying, oh, I don't know if we should neglect the ministry of the word and, and, and witnessing uh, just so we can wait on tables. Even there in my voice, I, I made it sound like there was a, there was a hierarchy uh, of stuff here. And I don't think that's what Scripture is indicating here. I don't think it's saying that it's less important. I think the disciples who were there when, remember, Acts chapter 1, Jesus said, you are to go and be my witnesses. Go and be my witnesses was the call on their life. And they're just like trying to figure out, okay, if we're supposed to be God's witnesses, uh, we don't need to be the ones who, who are waiting on tables, who are uh, fulfilling the needs of those on the margins, the widows in this community. Um, and so easy, it's, it's easy for us to divide these two things and to create this dichotomy that I don't think Scripture is creating. And the dichotomy exists between, uh, as an argument I hear all the time, And for some reason, it gets politicized, and it drives me nuts. Uh, But the argument is like, should we be gospel proclamation people? Or should we be, and I know this is a loaded term, but I want you to hear it in light of Scripture. Should we be gospel proclamation people, or should we be social justice people? And for some reason, there's this division between the two. And Scripture, I don't think, is saying that anywhere. Because should we be a people who are about proclaiming the gospel, who are unabashed about the truth of Scripture and unabashed about the work of Jesus and the way of Jesus? Yes, we need to be gospel proclamation people. And should we also care about the people on the margins of society, those who are often overlooked, those that Jesus spent his ministry running after? Yes, so we should be gospel proclamation people. And we should be social justice people. We don't have to, we don't have to choose one side or the other. 
It's a, it's a view, for some reason, it exists, and I just see it tearing the church apart. We, we, just, we can do both. We don't have to pick. <coughs> but then, you begin to have the conversations internally, like I do, of, yeah, Jordan, that sounds great, we should do both, but that sounds terribly exhausting. Yeah, it does. I stood up here for like seven minutes with an armful of ball pit balls, and my arms still hurt. Yes, it's exhausting to run after everything. (coughs) And so what does the early church do? I delegate. Verse uh, verse 3 says, Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you, known to be full of the Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, and full of wisdom, and we'll we'll turn the responsibility over to them. They didn't ignore the need in the community. They didn't say, well, that's a, that's a dumb thing. Just figure out feeding your widows on your own. They're like, no, that's a, that's a gap that we see. We need to fill that somehow. And, and they filled it by saying, okay, who are some people who are full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom? Well, we'll, we'll let them do it. We don't need to do everything. And I think this is where the story of the early church meets the story of connection. And I want us to hear this a little bit both ways as uh, connection as uh, all of us individually that gather under the banner of connection and connection as all of us corporately together who gather under the banner of connection. That if we are going to be the church that God is asking us to be, if we're going to be the people that God is asking us to be, it can't. It won't work. It shouldn't have to weigh on just one person or a small group of us. Now, this isn't coming from a place, uh, again, keep in mind, there's no axe. That's funny. There's no axe to grind here. Uh, we're just walking through scripture together. This isn't, like, I didn't have this of, like, I feel super unsupported, and, like, you guys need to start pulling your weight around here. That's not what I'm saying at all. We're, just, we're walking through scripture, and this is what we encounter. And what we encounter is a diverse group of people who are trying their best to be faithful to the call of God, to be his people as his representatives here on the earth, uh, a light in the world, a city on a hill. Because we exist here this morning as a diverse group of people with a diverse group of giftings that we're all bringing to the table. Like I asked, I asked a couple people this week, like, hey, tell me, tell me someone um, who is in our midst who has some particular giftings. Um, Sheila, do you know what people said? Sorry to point you out, but you, people said great things about you. Uh, people said that Sheila is just brimming and overflowing uh, with mercy and sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. We are grateful for your presence in our community. Um, Sarah, someone said, Sarah Lang, someone said about you, you, just, you, you have so much encouragement. You're a constant encouragement to everyone that gathers here, and you show them compassion. We're grateful for that. Uh, Lindsay, Lindsay Boyd, do you, do you know how many times Jordan has come on a Monday morning, we've been uh, debriefing, and she's, he's like, uh, Lindsay could like literally 
conquer the world if I just let her do it. Uh, she's like, Lindsay will show up to youth group serving with our students. She's like, we're going to do this, this, and this. And she's full of energy and she's full of drive. And it would be really easy for someone who's so full of like, let's get it done. Let's go. Let's conquer the hill. It would be easy for her to steamroll everybody and just like, no, nope, I'm doing it. Get out of my way. But somehow you balance that so well with this compassionate and gracious side. And we're grateful. We're grateful you're a part uh, of our body. Uh, Lillian, I saw you in here. Lillian Brewer. You know what someone said about you? Someone said, you're, uh, you're in our student ministry. It's like, you're not a grown-up around here, but you're leading the charge in your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and how you listen to the Holy Spirit, how you obey the Holy Spirit, and how you model that for all of us. We're so grateful for that. Um, Pam Landis. I heard one time that uh, service is from, it's from a movie that's like super cheesy. I don't remember what it was. But the quote was, Serving is just love with its work boots on. And Pam is so ready to fill tangible needs and like, okay, what can I do? How can I help? And just love other people so well. We're so grateful for that. And if we went around this room, we would all raise our hands and recognize that like we are a diverse group of people who bring a diverse group of giftings to the table. So what do you have? Take an inventory of your life. What do you have in front of you? What what can you do? Maybe it's job-related. Maybe it has nothing to do with your job, but you're like, God's made me really good at this. And then ask the question, what could God do with this? A few examples. Did you know downstairs right now, our children's ministry is meeting, and we constantly need people to plug into those, uh, those rooms to disciple and encourage and love the next generation of Connection Church and the next generation of the kingdom of God. Maybe you have these gifts of compassion and grace and you're, and you're patient. It takes patience. Maybe you have these gifts and you're like, I, I could do that. I could go plug in to those. <laughs> uh, uh, did you know Nathan and Lauren do an awesome job over at the Hope Center? Um, they, they need help consistently in their after-school programming. There's constantly holes to fill, and they're so faithful. Uh, but like, w- maybe your 2.30 to 4.30 time slot, you're like, I don't have anything going on. I could, I could probably plug into that. God's uh, allowed me to, to love others well, and I've got some of that patience, and I can be gracious, and I can just be a smiling face and an encouragement to some of these kids. Maybe you can plug into that. Can we all do it? No. God's not asking all of us to do it. He's asking some of us to do it. Uh, Matt. Matt's back there every Sunday, plugging away at the sound booth. He's so faithful. I say this all the time. Matt beats me here every Sunday. I try and not let him, but he beats me here every Sunday. Uh, and he's, he's ready to go. He's faithful. He's professional. He does it so well. Jeff's kind of taken up. They're working on uh, helping our sound experience be one where it removes distractions. But maybe you're like, well, I kind of understand uh, technology and that sort of thing, and I, I, I can kind of do that. Maybe, maybe it means helping out in the sound booth. Maybe there's a way I haven't even talked about yet that God has gifted you that you could, um, that you could bring your gifts to the table, not necessarily to serve connection, but to serve the kingdom of God and make sure God's people gathered together uh, either in, in this space or, or in the spaces where we go and we're sent out and we're deployed and mobilized for God's kingdom. What has God given you that you can play a part in his mission of redemption? Bring the best of what you have and give it to the Lord as an offering. Paul says this in Romans chapter 12. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. 
If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. We've got so many gifts, and there's so many ways that we can love our community well. But it, can't, it takes all of us doing our part. Because while, while this was too much for me to bear, do you know what's not too much for me to bear? You guys are so gracious to our boys. Um, you don't put any expectations on them to be perfect because they're not. You don't, uh, you're so gracious. I'm grateful. You're grateful that there's people downstairs pouring into them right now. But do you know what Amanda and I will carry the primary weight for? We'll, we'll, we'll choose to take on the primary weight of discipleship for our boys, okay? Um, and you know what? Our family will even take two or three of these, uh, and we'll, we'll carry the load. We've been set apart. Um, I've been set apart to lead this congregation. I'll do it faithfully, uh, excitedly. Um, AJ, if you could just, just take your class, love them well, show them God's kingdom through your actions and how you, how you show them grace and mercy and how you kind of guide and disciple in the ways that are allowed inside the school system. We know you can get it. Like, we're not asking anybody else. You just you carry that load. Um, Jim and Marcy, could you guys just, as you go about, I'll tell you what Jim and Marcy do really well. Uh, I heard their story of how they met, and it's so cool to see that I don't fish. I never claim to. Takes too much patience. Uh, but the way that they've taken their love for fishing and it's become incorporated, like that's, that's how they met was through like a Jesus-centered fishing tournament, which is like something I didn't even know existed. Makes total sense given professions and things of that nature. But uh, they, they've taken their love for the outdoors and their love for gamesmanship and that stuff. And, and they get to go into avenues that I never get to touch in a million years. Um, and uh, they get to... Um, they get to, through their interactions, through all that, share the love of Jesus with those that you interact with. People that I'll never, I'll never come in contact with. Uh, so I'm grateful for that. Sam and Rachel, I love the ways that you guys invest in Danville and Vermilion County. The way that you're like, no, we're making this home, or we're going to make it better. Uh, I've heard stories of how well you guys love your employees and how you take care of them. It's like a big family at Mad Goat and Royal Donut. I will never have that influence with them. But if you guys wouldn't mind, which one, you pick which one's Mad Goat, which one's Royal Donut, and I'll tell you why. Here's your kids. You, you take up that responsibility. Uh, we'll cheer you on as you do. Um, Dave, you got your HOA that you go get donuts with and you hang out with on a regular basis. I will never live back where you live because it's, I'm, I don't, don't make me, I, I'm not, I'm not old. You know what? I can't say never. For a, for a while, I'm not going to live back where you guys live. Could you guys just, would you mind taking up the mantle for that and making sure you love them well? Do you guys see what I'm getting at here? It's a heavy load, sure. But it, it's a heavy load that's not on each of us individually. All we have to do is, is do the thing that God has asked us to do. You guys don't need to, to worry about uh, about. I mean, someone around here does need to worry about payroll and taxes and that sort of thing. It's not a collective thing. So it's not a weight that bears down on all of us. All we have to do is be faithful to what God has called us to. And when we're faithful to what God has called us to, we see God's kingdom expand. We see his kingdom go forth. We see his kingdom grow. But here's the encouragement I want to give, okay? 
This is all great. I'm not called to mad goat. I'm not called to be a teacher. I'm not called to do all of this stuff. But I don't want us to disengage from something just because it's not our gifting. Because notice with me that there is, uh, while there's a division of labor, while everyone's saying, we'll take the stuff we're good at, and uh, you take the stuff you're good at, we'll all do it together for God's glory. There's also some really fuzzy lines between some of this. One of the people picked out was a guy named Stephen. We're going to become intimately uh, connected to Stephen here in a, a chapter or two. But one of the guys picked out was Stephen. And Stephen was picked out to be an administrator of food to widows. So it's not that he was like, oh, you're a wonderful teacher, so you go do this. He's like, no, I, can, I have some availability and I can do this. And so they picked Stephen. He helped make sure the Hellenistic uh, widows got their food on a daily basis. And then we're going to see in a couple chapters, the division was, you take care of the food stuff, and we'll take care of the proclamation of the word. So Stephen takes care of the food stuff, and then he gets questioned by the leaders, and what does he do? He crosses over those barriers, and we get a whole chapter of him preaching an eloquent sermon where it's like beautifully articulated the story of God working throughout all of Scripture. And so while God has given us, uh, each of us, unique gifts and wirings and abilities, don't ever ignore the fact that God at any point can use you to do something that is completely outside of that. I saw in a, um, a commentary this week, it says, the irony leaps off the page. The church needs to coordinate its ministry of care. The church needs people to proclaim the word of God. Organized leadership helps cover all of the chores, but God's spirit will nevertheless prod people to find themselves adequate and available for all kinds of tasks. And we talked about this a little bit ago, but what's the result of all of this, of all the people being faithful to what God had called them to do? Acts chapter 6, verse 7, so the word of God spread. So the word of God spread. So do we want to see a move of God? Absolutely. Do we want to see our hearts transformed? Absolutely. Do we want to see our communities transformed? Absolutely. Do we want to see dead things in Vermilion County come back to life? Absolutely. But we can't do it on our own. We don't have the ability we are completely incapable of bearing the weight, but the good news is not a single one of us is being asked to. Not one of us is being asked to shoulder the load on their own. So what do we do? It's a marvelous theological word. What do we do? Something. What do we do when it comes to, to expanding God's kingdom? Something. Does it need to be uh, for the whole church? No, not necessarily. You just, just, like I said, take an inventory of what God has given you. Maybe look around at your station in life. Maybe look around at the things you're great at. And then do something. Something. talked about this. I listened to a podcast. Um, I think his name is Carl Vader. And he, he, he gives the illustration of like, just find the stuff you're always already doing and baptize it. 
Do you go to board game conventions? Baptize the board game conventions. Do you fish? Baptize the fishing. Do you own a business? Baptize the business. Do you, are you a sneakerhead? Baptize the sneakerhead. Uh, whatever you're doing, just, just say, okay, I'm going to be here anyways. Let's just take Jesus to the party with me. Twenty, twenty December. Uh, there was a really big snow in uh, in Columbia City, and uh, this. I mean, I, I, I've been here one winter. Spring starts tomorrow. I can't judge based off of the one winter, uh, but I can look back at the people who are left behind and say it snows a lot more in Columbia City than it snows here. Uh, and so sledding is a regular pastime. For me, uh, my boys loved it. And so December of 2020, big snow. I think, big, I think it was a Sunday, and church got canceled that day. That's how big it was. Um, and uh, so we went to a friend's house, and uh, we went to a, a hill um, that was a pretty big hill. There's a lot of big hills around that are just like famous sledding hills, um, and this was one of them. <laughs> Hudson would have been three, two and a half, three, not super old at this point. And um, he tried to go down the hill. It was, again, powdery snow. And he tried to go down for the first time on his own. And uh, there was not enough weight <laughs> for him to go. He got like halfway down the hill. And it's a steep hill. He got like halfway down the hill. And then there just wasn't enough movement behind him. And then uh, I hopped on with him. And uh, he didn't want me to anymore after that. He wanted mom to because I was too big. Uh, because I, I applied enough pressure to the sled that we went down the hill. And it was fast. And for me, it was awesome. But poor kid was sitting in the front and all the snow flies up in his face. I felt really bad, but it was a lot of fun for me. <laughs> Anyways, it could be really easy to look at the needs of our community. It could be really easy to look around us and see the weight of the stuff that exists, the gospel work that needs to take place. Uh, and, and sometimes it can just be like a little bit crushing. Because pre- pressure can crush when there's that much weight and there's that much pressure. It has the ability to crush. But the thing I also know is that pressure also has the ability to propel. And so we can take the stuff that God's given us, and instead of being crushed down to the point of, uh, like, I just want to isolate myself, and I just want to curl up in a ball because it just seems like too much. There's just too much to do, and I can't do it all on my own. And again, I say this morning, nobody's asking you to. So just do the thing that's right in front of you. What's the next right step for you? And watch God be honored and glorified in the process. Will you guys pray with me? Jesus, we are dependent on you. Uh, I said this at the beginning. It's in, it's in you that we live, we move, and we have our being. Apart from you, we can do no good thing. Lord, we recognize the needs around us. Lord, will you remove from our hearts, because we know you haven't put it there, will you remove the burden to accomplish everything, and will you instead supplant in our hearts the ability to do something? The ability, like the early church, to find our unique role and our unique wirings that you've given us to play our part in your 
mission of redemption. Lord, we recognize that apart from you, we can't. And so we just put our trust in you. We love you deeply. Thankful uh, that we don't have to do this on our own, but that you've given us yourself and one another. We ask all these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. So, uh, it's not up to any one of us. It's up to the collection of us. And we'll go as God's people, mobilized and sent out to go and influence our particular areas of life for his glory.